from all around the world and uh today we have a super exciting guest for you guys lucas welcome to the show nice being here thank you for having me i'd love to share some of my travel stories and with you to this day yeah man we are very excited to have you um i think you're probably one of the most uh qualified guests that we've ever had on the show okay because well, for a variety of reasons, um, because, you know, you obviously have a pretty international background, as we'll get into. Uh, you also have some podcast experience yourself. And uh, yeah, man, you're like the, the perfect <laughs> guest like, when this show's concept was created. Like, yeah. it was like for people you like were you thinking about me in yeah. mind. So, yeah, you're, I'm very you're flattered. The, you're in the right yeah. place. Yeah, dude. Yeah, for anyone listening, if they also speak Spanish, and I would say not only Spanish, but Chilean Spanish, which, important, which important I will push for the next few years to make it be recognized as kind of a, what have you called those that are not like languages, but like a dialect? yeah, yeah, yeah. I want yeah. it to be, because it is a dialect. It's kind of has, it has like two or three words that you can say everything using only those. And a guy, another guy from Chile will understand everything and you can say like, complex phrases with only those three words and he, he'll be like okay sure i'll go and do it ridiculous and the other spanish speakers from other countries would like just not understand at all if they're from the nearby countries they under they know a bit about it but they're kind of frightened about it right? the guys from argentina i have a friend from argentina who is francisca armando shout out to her a, she the when I met met her in Chile, she always she was laughing all day about the like two more most important words when you're in Chile. It's the weón and the wea, which are kind of interchangeable, mm-hmm. and they can mean from an insult to like say to a friend like "How you doing, my dear friend?" Yeah, same word means uh, two things. And she was always laughing, like how you hear someone in Santiago and they're like, ¿Cómo está, weón? ¿Qué pasa con la wea? Y que, que, I don't know. There's this famous phrase, which I think even Will Ferrell once tweeted about, which you can say in Chilean Spanish, uh, el weón, 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 uh-huh. which translates to, what a stupid idiot, dude. <laughs> Same word, three uses. Nice, very versatile. So yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, (laughs) Our listeners can probably infer that you are from Chile, yeah, from Santiago, as you had you had mentioned earlier um, before we started recording. And um, yeah, I guess we could kind of start there. Uh, Also, with the whole language thing, you just got back from a German course, yeah. Uh, And we are recording this in Erfurt, Germany. I guess we should make a point of saying that. Um. Yeah. So, what do you want to do? You want to talk a little bit about Erfurt, or maybe your your background, or kind of maybe how we met? I guess. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. Of a random. Uh... I don't know. It could be it could be a good like introductory point. Yeah, yeah. I think 
yeah we met at the university i think first time i saw you yeah i i sat down right next to you or i think you next to me mm -hmm. and i have to borrow a pencil from oh you. yeah that's right just like yeah i you know i came to this master's program saying like no i'm going to be a serious student now i'm gonna i'm going to get good grades mm -hmm. which wasn't my approach at all like in english and the university i was like mediocre at best yeah i kind of always found a way to kind of get ahead but that was never kind of a high achiever yeah but yeah, here was like, yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going to be like a good student. But then, yeah, first day, I don't even bring a pen. <laughs> Off two grades. Right? Yeah, yeah. So what is it about like um, this program versus what you had done in the past that, that's kind of, okay, maybe in the past you weren't so motivated, but now no. you're approaching this program with more motivation. What is it that's kind of changed for you? Um, I think the... I would say, yeah, the biggest difference is like the program here is more like aligned with my interests. Okay. Like a, the bachelor's I studied was a journalism and media, kind of media sciences, which was something I never really liked too much. Like I didn't, I never watched the news. I kind of, I didn't have a kind of a good opinion of the journalists of my country. I thought they yeah. were very like... I don't know what's the word they were trying to sell kind of a, a spectacle okay you know the news in my country is very like a, a someone got stabbed in the kind of poor kind of sensational yeah, sensational yeah, all the time right? so i was i was like oh those guys are the worst i don't want to be one of them yeah so yeah before that i wanted to be i was either i wanted to study my first kind of passion in life was music like okay. I come from a family of musicians. I've been playing guitar since I was 15 years old. Really? And yeah, so I wanted to be, my first thing was I want to be a musician. I want to play guitar, but I kind of, yeah, the, the, my father's side of the family, they are all artists. Like my father is, uh, my father is a filmmaker. My uncle is a jazz musician. Oh, sweet. And my other uncle is kind of a photographer. And yeah, they, they haven't had a, an easy ride in life with their professions. So, you know, most families, when one of those children say, I want to be an artist, they're like, no, like you, yeah. what are you going to do? Where are you going to get work? But it comes come normally from a place of ignorance. Like they're all architects and doctors and things like that. Mm -hmm. In my case, it was kind of like same thing, but. But like, take a look at your uncle. He hasn't had it easy his whole life. You want to be him? And I remember my father told me, and you're not as talented as him, which was true. He's insanely talented and yeah. I'm not. So yeah, I picked journalists who was like, okay. Which is also, journalism is also not the easiest. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You but, kind of went yeah, from, yeah. you got to you know had a tough choice there yeah yeah you get but you get us from where my father was coming from he was kind of filmmaker the other brother was the right player yeah really creative sort of profession yeah yeah so okay. journalist for them was like an engineer yeah know? yeah that's which is funny because for yeah 
which is funny because at least in my background or in my life, like having worked as a journalist, people have kind of looked at journalism as like a, <laughs> a quirky, interesting path. Maybe okay. that doesn't pay so good. Kind of like how, how people view artists. But but yeah, I, I see what you mean. Like being an artist is even further yeah. on that spectrum than, than journalism. So it's just interesting. It's all in your perspective, I guess. Yeah, and also like keeping in mind that this is kind of a travel podcast the my musician uncle has a very interesting interesting story because mm -hmm. he he started in the states okay he went to the i think it was the he made a master's program in the university of patterson i think new jersey and lived in new york for 11 years so he always has this he kind of knew get to new the city really well and kind of the jazz world in there New York is definitely a place to be if you're trying to make it as a musician. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, yeah, that's very cool. And is he still in New York now or is he? No, he went back to Chile because he told me, yeah, it's kind of the mecca of jazz. But it was hard for him because when he was in Chile, he was, and I think he still is one of the two or three best jazz guitar players in the country. But he told me, yeah, but then I went to New York and I was like, there were like five million other guys that yeah. were as talented as I am. And they were like half my age. Yeah. They were kind of these children that like when they were still crawling, his father was like playing in <laughs> yeah. a bar. Yeah. Like, How can I compete with that? Yeah. It's one of those places where if you sleep or if you rest for a minute, mm. like you're going to get overtaken because everybody is like, yeah. I feel like there's a few cities like that in the world where everybody is so um restless and yeah always like if you if you don't if you don't always you know stay on your on top of your stuff yeah it's difficult yeah he will also told me that he has he had some classmates that he would see what they were doing and they were like doing those i've, I've never really figured out how they're called but those kind of a energizing drugs that are like common okay. in the states those outer mm -hmm. yeah they yeah. were doing those and they were like practicing the same i don't know passage from the song from charlie parker from like 11 hours and he was yeah and he, he was like i will never do that because i know it will ruin my life but the guys were like going whatever it takes yeah yeah it was kind of the dark side of it yeah definitely yeah That's a, yeah, that's a big um, deal in the U.S. Adderall, it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of a nasty, not to get on the sidetrack, but there are yeah. a lot of people that are really, because it's, it's almost like, um, it's legal, you know, it's like cocaine, yeah. but you can get it from the doctor. I've heard that so same thing, yeah. So people, you know, there's like this whole cottage industry around it, but, um, but yeah, so Yeah, and also I, I kind of wanted to, I know you had mentioned um, one time when we were hanging out that you had worked as a journalist uh, yeah. for a newspaper, right? For, in the, the literature pages, right? Yeah. So I kind of, yeah, so talk a little bit more about that. I know you, you mentioned <laughs> some interesting um, anecdotes from that time. A, yeah, like I think the origins of that was that literature was also kind of my second interest interest. You know, I was coming from the family I came. There was never, there was never an option that I was going to be an engineer or something like okay. that. 
they had to bring me down from like musician. It's so funny because like most families are the opposite. Like <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. be a musician. You can't like steering you towards it. Yeah. And, like things like an engineer or doctor, but your family is pushing you away from that. Like, yeah, yeah. Cool. That's, yeah, that's like I think my father once referred to it as kind of a family curse. It's like each of and one of us is always going to try to be an artist. Yeah, and it's like no resist it, get a real job, and kind of find your way, and then do that. So yeah, literature writing that was kind of my second interest after I got kind of out of music. So yeah, I started working in this the newspaper. I think it's the biggest of my country, which is called El Mercurio, mm -hmm. kind of the this on it name refers to this greek god i think mercury i think it's called mm -hmm. translate to that yeah and yeah i got in in a kind of a magazine not the kind of newspaper of the like weekly newspaper yeah and yeah my uh, like the weekly newspaper was very rough kind of all day going to talk to the senators and like minister of finances i had a friend from school that she went to that area and I could I could see that her the bag under her eyes started getting more yeah, and more heavy yeah, yeah. she started sleeping little because also the kind of people she was interviewing were calling for the newspaper because they know you're new they can press and say like no I don't want you to say this to yeah they can pressure you influence you. yeah yeah it, it they can say it was a new girl she doesn't know what she's doing so she was like a remote with a coffee kind of shaking like oh i couldn't do this at the same time i was like reading i remember books i think it in the when i worked there which was 2016 there was kind of i think the 100 years of i don't remember what novel of henry james Okay. I re remember if, I'd, if it was portrait of a lady, I think it's called. Of a young man or something? Or is that James Joyce? That's James Joyce, portrait of an artist. Oh, okay. I also had a, yeah, had a lot of James Joyce with you because it's kind of my favorite writer. Okay. And nice. the editor of the magazine kind of liked him a lot. So I kind of won him over by saying to him like, oh, I love the Ulysses. I have read it a couple of times. He was like, oh, what's your favorite passage? We kind of nerd out about cool, Joyce. Man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that is a classic for sure. It's mm. been a long time since I've read it, but it's, it's certainly up there. You've read it? Mm -hmm. In high school, we had to read it. In, in the entirety? No, not all of it. Oh, okay, like okay. Passages. Yeah, yeah. I think we read Portrait of the Artist. That one's a little bit shorter. Than yeah, yeah, that's read. kind of a two hundred pages. Yeah, something that like one that. we certainly yeah. read. Yeah, you know that's the one I I I like the less of his words. I mean, I haven't read Finnegan's Wake. But mm -hmm. They've told me it's impossible to read. Like you have to know like Irish to understand it. Okay, but yeah, I didn't like that too much. I think it was too kind of intellectual for me. Like the other works, I think Dubliners is like the one most people like. Is that the short stories yeah, collection? Yeah, short story okay. collection. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, that one is cool. It's a little bit more digestible. Yeah, like and it's just heavy intellectual. Yeah, yeah. 
That's cool. So, and and were you you said you were reviewing bo books for the paper, mm. or or you were sort of writing about them in the literature pages? Kind of a bit of both. I sometimes new books. I remember one from a guy which later became kind of a sensation here in Europe, which he's called. He's a French writer. He's like, I don't know. He was even younger than me when like six years ago. He was already kind of a really sensation. He's called Edouard Louis. He, and he had a he had an autobiographical book called something like How to Kill Eddie Bellevue. I don't speak French, something like that. Mm -hmm. Which they gave it to me like, yeah, this just got translated. Yeah, go read it, write something about it was this amazing book. He really recommended about a, he was raised in kind of the French regions, like in the Northeast, I guess, which is kind of the part of, of France. Nobody really knows much about, which is, doesn't have anything to do with Paris and like those mm -hmm. cosmopolitan and the Parisian girl with kind of the long, I don't know if they, clothes and the hair and the cigars, right. nothing like that. His story is about being kind of a young homosexual man in those places and having to contend with an alcoholic father, which as soon as he find out he was gay, he started beating him. And, and the, the whole book is like, hey, people from the world, this is France too. Like, take a look at this. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know? yeah. That's a, I remember, yeah, I he reviewed that book and it was the one I always remember, which was heavy, great book, really well written too. Yeah, those good books really stick with you, the ones mm. that kind of like, you can feel, you know, all books, every book has something to offer, but every now and then you come across one that's yeah. just like a, a landmark and it leaves its fingerprint on you, which is, uh, which is one of the great things about reading uh, every now and then. You just find one of those books, which, yeah, do you, so do you prefer to read, um, and I want to talk a little bit more, but I want to get off of reading in a second, yeah, 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 I want yeah. to ask you just uh, one or two more yeah. questions. Um, do you prefer to read in Spanish or, or English? Mm. Or for me personally, I really love to read in German because uh, I really? like to read German novels, especially when they're written originally in German, yeah. just because it's like... I mean, you just came from the German course and the yeah. grammar, it's like a puzzle. It's a whole entirely different yeah, experience. Yeah. Uh, of course, I love to read uh, novels in English as well, but um, I was just curious about your thoughts, like languages and, and reading and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think my approach is always to try and read the novel, especially novels, because I think the works of nonfiction can be, yeah, they can yeah, be best yeah. translated because it's all about kind of the information yeah, right, exactly. Not so much the style. Yeah, I always try to read novels in the language they were written. Because I think even in the best translations, you lose, you tend to lose a lot. Like this, you know, this American, like famous American writer, Jack Kerouac? Mm -hmm, of course. Yeah, On the Road with, was also a novel that kind of... Fantastic book. Yeah, amazing. Landmark book really had a huge impact on me like in 2000 that's 2010 the first thing i studied like 
uh, it was sociology. I was okay. in, a, in a year and then, which kind of went full circle now because what we're doing in the masters has mm -hmm. very much to do with it. Mm -hmm. So some friends were joking to me like, yeah, you only took 10 years to go back to sociology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, kind of true. So yeah, when I was studying that, I found out about on the road and I read it and I was like, fuck sociology. I want to read this. Yeah. I remember reading it in Spanish and found it amazing. But then I got my hands on a copy in English and it was like whole another book. It's kind of whole prose style came alive in yeah. the, the language. It's been a few years since I've read it, but if I recall correctly, he has a very kind of like, especially in his dialogue, he has a kind mm. of punchy, like, you know, because for anybody listening who maybe hasn't read The Road, first of all, go get a copy and read yeah, it. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, one of the seriously one of the most classics of american literature but it's uh i think they were called the beats Beatniks yeah. or something this group that the he beat was, generation yeah yeah the beat generation and they're like this generation of kind of like drifters like yeah they're sort of uh it's i don't want to even i can't even do it justice by trying to explain sure. it but uh a lot of feelings of maybe like restlessness yeah. angst um and uh it kind of follows this guy as he it's just a great book, so definitely recommend it. Um, and uh, that book actually, I think, had a really big influence on me too. I mean, look at, like you said, you had your journey of 10 years where you returned to some things that had mm. interest you and, and also you and me were here in another country and we traveled in, across the world to pursue things. And uh, that book kind of um, touches on a lot of those themes. So. Yeah, could, yeah. You, could you tell me more about your your experience with that book? Because I've heard it's kind of a foundational book for kind of young Americans. Yeah, it's definitely. Kind of very important. So for me, I um, I think I read it a few. This may it may have been in 2016 or 17 when I read it. Uh, I never read it in in school or anything, but it was. Um, in some of my English courses, we kind of talked about Kerouac and um, the beats and kind of their place in the evolution of American literature. So I always kind of like knew about it. And then I think one day I, I just checked a copy out of the, of the library. Um, and yeah, it really grabbed me. Um, it really grabbed me because I know um, anybody who's listening to this who maybe knows me, like, Personally, I've had a lot of, uh, like, drifted a lot myself, like, within the U.S., within Central America, elsewhere. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of him, especially the scenes with him and his friends. Mm -hmm. Like, again, it's been, a lot, it's been a few years since I read it, but there's, like, tension between him and his friends, right? Because the one guy's kind of going a certain way, yeah. and he's still, like has to like feed this beast inside of him of he just wants to keep moving and like yeah. he can never settle down. Um, <clears throat> which really, in a way, it's kind of self-destructive, right? Like yeah. he has some problems um, kind of pursuing this um, lifestyle at all costs, but which I can relate to because, um, you know, in my past, maybe I've left a situation or, or, not say gonna say burn the bridge but at the expense of, <laughs> i gotta keep moving i gotta go you know i gotta leave yeah. the us and move here or maybe i met like somebody in this country but i gotta go you know and maybe it, 
that wasn't the best thing for me, but I, I have to do it. It's like the God that I worship at the altar of <laughs> always moving and always yeah. building it myself. Going so, forward. Yeah, exactly. Going forward, but maybe you're not, go you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you're going forward, maybe, maybe you're going you're backwards. Maybe you're going in circles, yeah. which I think is kind yeah. of like a theme of the book. And, and I know that I don't want to like spoil it, but I think kind of the ending kind of leaves open these questions of like, was it all worth it? Like, yeah. did you, so anyway. And have you read his other books? Like the ones he wrote later? I don't think so. What, what were some of the other ones? There's the, I think the most famous ones, I, there's one called the Subterraneans, okay. which I didn't like very much with kind of, I don't know. It seems, it seemed forced to me it was kind okay. of some, some editors say to him, Hey, why don't you do on the road 2.0? Yeah. There's this other one called the Dharma Bumps, which is kind of him getting into like a Buddhism with a friend and going on these huge hikes and kind of finding Buddha in like the heavens. Yeah. But there's one which I think many people like, which kind of falls in, I think it's not the most well known, which is called Big Sur, which is kind of near the end of his whole like literary production. Mm -hmm. And that book is just sad. He's like old, he's an alcoholic because they're always autobiographical. Yeah. So he's, he's a drunk, he's like disillusioned. He's all his friends from his kind of younger years are either dead or like drug addicts or he's fighting with them. And there's a scene, kind of a heartbreaking scene when he goes no, he's in his home and his friend from on the road, Dean Boriari, mm -hmm. comes to see him for one thing or another. And he spots kind of a box, a cardboard box filled with copies of on the road. And he kind of look at this and he's, he goes like, hey, do you make a little bit of money with that? Kind of, you see their resentment between those. And it's like, oh, oh man, it all went. And then you know, then you read that they Kerouac ended up dying of liver failure, and that book's kind of the sad end of all that. Yeah, yeah, can, that's a great one too. Nice. I haven't read it, but I can kind of um, see how you could c connect the dots yeah. between that story and um, and um, sort of the events in On the Road. So. Yeah, but for everybody listening, I definitely recommend that, that mm. book. It's a fantastic book. Um, but now maybe I'll, we can definitely, I would definitely love to have you back on <laughs> talk books. Yeah, more. yeah. Like maybe we could even do a dedicated episode for it. But uh, now maybe I'll, I'll transition back to sort of, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about your your career, your evolution, and, and kind of yeah. being here in, in Erfurt specifically. Um, but first, I just got to jump to take an ad break real quick so we'll be okay. right back all right guys welcome back so i'm sitting here having a chat with lucas i don't still don't know your last name by the way rodriguez rodriguez ah, i did know yes. that i just forgot it i'm sorry um yeah so me and lucas were just kind of had to tear ourselves away from talking about books <laughs> yeah uh, we just went off off the mic and talked yeah. about books for like uh a half hour, but um, we got it out of our system. Exactly, yeah. some of it. Some of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Apart. Yeah. So, we'll we don't we know this is a travel theme podcast, so we're gonna um we're gonna stick to theme. Um, but yeah. So, 
Lucas, um, you and me are both here in Erfurt, Germany, which a lot of people might say, what the hell are you doing in <laughs> Erfurt, that? Germany? Yeah. <laughs> which is a reaction I've gotten from a few people. Um, and you and me are both in the same program at, at, at the university here. And um, I guess, why don't you talk a little bit about the program? I know we've already kind of alluded to it a little bit, um, but you know, what are, what is it that we're doing here? And kind of, because I think it kind of, it kind of fits with this podcast theme of sort of international globalization yeah. theme. And um, yeah, I mean, talk a little bit about the program and also kind of what drew you to it and sort of. Uh, I'll say the program for me, kind of the working definition I got, because when everyone asked me what was, because the name of the program, I would say it's not very informative. Yeah. Which the name is Global Communications, Politics and Society. Yeah. It's a bit of a handful. It is yeah. a handful. Yeah. So I told everyone that it was kind of a mix in between communication sciences and sociology. But a friend of mine, which ha, which I always think is kind of one of my, he has a very good way of kind of going to the point on everything. I was telling him about it's like this and that, that, that. and he told me, oh, it's kind of a geopolitical studies. I was like, yeah, that's it. Like you're brilliant. That's it. It's yeah, kind of, um... I would agree with that assessment as well. And especially, I don't know with the yeah you didn't. Uh, get to get the uh, the especially with the special cause of the communication in crisis during during kind of war that we some of us are having that's kind of yeah, yeah the most geopolitical inclined kind of class that we're going to have which is kind of we're going to see very much of the war in Ukraine and having some classmates from Ukraine like to me it's it's been very, very interesting and also a bit frightening because I had my opinions, but it was like, the fuck I know that they're from the, yeah. yeah. I, I am like, yeah, the, the, the Ukrainian army is going to attack from the South and the Russians, but their experience is like, yeah, I have an uncle who's fighting like, and I'm like, yeah, what do I really know? Yeah, or like my the city I'm from just got bombed. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like I have a, not to laugh about it, but it's yeah. like. You know, it's like you said, it puts it in perspective. Fuck do I know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 I've also had an experience like that. Um, I mean, I, I'm having experiences like that every day, especially yeah. as an American, you know, we have this huge blind spot um, in sort in terms of like how we view the rest of the world and like our understanding of the rest of the world. Um, so for me, it's just like, I'm just trying to like shut up and listen. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like how often, you know, how how um, much, you know, it's time for for people, you know, for how much sway like, you know, American and Western sort of systems have over media and stuff. It's time, you know, I'm trying to like um, build out the, those gaps in my knowledge. And it's very helpful to sort of, uh, be in classes with people from the Ukraine, for example, or Russia or, you know, Cameroon or Kenya. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, these are, this is an incredible opportunity for me to, to sort of, um, you know, learn more about this world. And, and anyway, sorry, I went on a tangent there, but, uh, no, but it's a, yeah, I gotta add that I, I've had a, gotta say that you have a very open minded kind of 
yeah way of approaching those things like i don't know if i it's in stereotype but you see kind of on the news and very much in the in internet this kind of person from either i don't the kind of kind of the coast of america that's very like come here i i'll, I'll tell you how the world really works mm -hmm. yeah you're nothing like that mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. it's kind of a yeah well, I get, yeah, really, really, very good impression of you from the first day. It's like, he's very kind of, I thought you were older because of that. Oh, because thank you. Yeah, like very kind of humble in a way that you want to listen to everyone, which mm -hmm. is, I think, a very positive thing. I appreciate that. I do my, <laughs> I do my best, but, you know, I, I still have my, uh, still have my moments, but yeah, I think. <laughs> Well, and anybody, to be in a program like yeah. this, you have to be, right? I mean, you, you as well, I'm sure you would agree, like, uh, you know, we are here to learn about other systems and, and sort of analyze them, compare them. So you, you have to come into it with sort of a, an open mind, I yeah. guess. But yeah, so what is sort of like your... Um, you know, you mentioned that you had a background in reporting journalism, or at least sort of literature, that sort of thing. Yeah. What are you kind of, where do you kind of see yourself going after this program? You know, do you have sort of an idea? Uh, yeah, coming here, I was th thinking like, that, like, when we were, I, do you remember, we were talking about in the, that Italian place we went me with Miranda? Uh -huh. I think it was the first time we talked about yeah, kind yeah, of the yeah. Russia-Ukraine war. And yeah. we were both like, oh, did you saw about the bridge getting blown up? And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, this guy kind of has that interest of kind of... that." I, I, was, I, I said to a couple of friends that kind of very, I don't know, old-timey, manly thing of if there's a war, you're like, yeah, what's happening? Yeah, like, I'm... videos of shit getting blown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, I had a friend back in Chile who we got together and we were talking, like, about the what you can do with a javelin missile launch and how must it feel to blow up a tank and it's coming to your town. And we were like, yeah, that's kind of very... Yeah. And it, it was funny because we were in kind of a, a restaurant that was we were like 45 minutes without stop talking about tanks and javelin missile launches and kind of a, i don't know air air recognizing and if nato should impose a no fly zone or things like that he would then he told me like yeah i'm going to go to the bathroom so yeah i got alone and there was a table near us with only girls and uh, so it kind of it started listening to what they were talking about. It was like all kind of boyfriend things about like, yeah, my boyfriend doesn't pay attention to me. And for a moment, I was like, are they talking about, uh, what are they talking about? Then I thought, yeah, we're doing the same. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. for men, we're talking yeah. like war. It's kind of the boring men thing to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like... They were like, we're the same. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, yeah. at least you had the uh, self, the self awareness, the, the self perception. Realize that you know. But yeah, where, where I was going, that can that the start of that work kind of I think put a lot of things in perspective for me, and yeah, I would like to go on in the in that kind of area and like going uh, the propaganda machines of kind of the very I'll say powerful like the 
big powerful nations of the world like i'd say i have a very cynical view of all the kind of power centers coming from sure. like a end of the world country sure so i'm like everything that comes out in the like the one-sided way everything gets portrayed like even now with the world where it's like very clearly there's an aggressor and a kind of a little country that's kind of trying to defend itself but to me it's also like yeah we're in the news it's a talk about peace it's all about we're going to crush those russians mm -hmm. it's like yeah they're people too you know yeah, yeah. it's like uh it's like kind of warmongery you know yeah yeah in um so there's a term in U.S. foreign policy, which is called the blob, uh, it's okay. It's which what you're talking about kind of reminds me of it. And it's when people say the blob, they refer yeah. to sort of the old um, in foreign policy circles, sort of the old generation of you know very hawkish, hard. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so these were the people that were like for the invasion of Iraq. These are the people uh, that were like it. very you know we can do whatever we want because you know we're the us and like you know we're this like hegemon hegemony or whatever yeah uh and they're called the blob because it's groupthink you know it's like everybody goes along with it and they're like yeah we can do this uh so just what you're kind of saying reminds me of that of like only seeing like one side or whatever like everybody goes along with this because yeah. you know it's, it's 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 what it is but um in the last few years I think that's starting to go away I think people are realizing that we're moving from maybe like a unipolar world yeah to a multipolar world um and uh you know just look at like the pull out from Afghanistan and what a disaster yeah. that was you know 20 years there and for what you know the country's run by the Taliban again yeah yeah <laughs> and in like five minutes worse off yeah. than it was um and I think people <clears throat> not to like go on a foreign policy tangent, yeah. but when the Soviet Union collapsed in 91, you know, like it was just the US, right? And there was this time in like the 90s and into the early 2000s where, you know, with like Operation Desert Storm just coming in and like that was like easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yeah. People thought like the US could was just like judge, jury, executioner, you know, we can do anything. Yeah. And in the last 20 years, I think that has kind of like come crashing down to <laughs> earth and people realize like, wait a minute, we don't, maybe we don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm in this diplomacy class, public diplomacy class, and yeah. just talking about hard power, soft power, this and that. And like, uh, you can have all the power in the world, but if you don't understand like mm. the people that you're, you know, if you don't understand like, people that you're working with like I don't know it's it, it this it's just really kind of eye-opening for me um, yeah but it's a very good topic because one of the things kind of I started thinking about the last couple of years is so it's all those uh, they're called kind of far-right populist movements yes. in particular in, in, in Europe because yes. in the states with Trump it's kind of a whole nother beast. look at Italy right now yeah but those, yeah, they I think they're always very kind of attacked and derided in the press, like this far right lady. But I also think, yeah, but they are, it, it kind of misses the point that's why they are popular, because they are mm -hmm. also speaking about kind of a, 
they have a point that I think they kind of the other side misses. They're like the which is also what I'm interested in, the kind of history of the nation. Like not all people want to be cosmopolitan kind of with the same opinions, talking yes. English. Some people yes. just, just want to be in a just want to live in a little Italian town, keep making pizza like their grandmother used to do. Mm-hmm. And then they see like all these faucets are like coming in and saying, no, you have to give up your all your traditions and because they are, I don't know, they are violent to animals, which sometimes are, but that's kind of a difficult thing you have to right. ponder. And people are like, no, I kind of like my country how it used to be. And then they flock to those people like Giorgia Meloni, which don't seem to me like they know what really what they're doing. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a tough thing because I think those people kind of uh, take advantage of that need. Yeah, they tap into that rage yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And, kind of... and the other side kind of misses it completely. Yeah. It's like, no, the traditions are like stupid and I don't know. They're, um... Yeah, many of them are very pl- problematic. Like I think I, I, I always forget if it's the Dutch or the the Belgium that has this kind of parade of the, I think the Klein Peter. Yeah. Sh- sh- Svata, Svata yeah. Peter. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Black guy, yeah. Right? He wears blackface. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. no good at all. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's you, the, what kind of they do is throw the, the baby with the bathwater. I think that's the expression. Mm-hmm. Throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. I think those kind of things are a bit missing on kind of this, big international picture of like we're one community but it's like but if you don't behave exactly like we do we have a problem yeah yeah can it be something in the middle that the italians can still like hang on to the traditions but without i don't know turning into i kind of lost my train of thought yeah yeah you said so much there that is spot on and there's like so much there to unpack um and i i totally know what you mean it seems like uh definitely i think as a former journalist myself uh i have also been guilty of this like you know you're supposed to be like a gatekeeper right yeah with that i think unfortunately comes sometimes a little bit of entitlement you know Mm. journalists members of the media what you might call like the elite whatever uh they sometimes feel like they know what's best yeah and uh when it comes to like criticizing like you know well these people are idiots you know they voted for uh whatever like they voted for this guy they voted for that guy like you know this kind of um um derogatory or like talking down you know what is this this is this is idiotic and as you said maybe a lot of it is you know these all these right-wing populists they flirt with some sometimes like anti-semitic ideologies yeah. you know they they dabble in some things that are kind of reprehensible but at the same time uh it doesn't help when you just dismiss a whole yeah. uh block of voters uh or whatever i mean that's how we got trump in the white house in 2016 you know all the newspapers do you remember the polls like yeah. this guy's gonna get blown out of the water and but they couldn't talk about any other thing. They were yeah. Trump, 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 mm-hmm. Trump, twenty-four-seven. Yep. And I think uh, as difficult as it is, um, 
we have to try to uh, I say we as somebody who has like worked in media <laughs> yeah uh, not, we have to try to have like a conversation with people versus like just writing them off because yeah. uh, unfortunately for better or for worse like we're stuck on this planet together and we have to find a way to like I don't know coexist so for me it's it's just yeah it's it's really but it just seems like uh it's easy. it seems like things are getting crazier and crazier in the world now uh, but you know with all this stuff going on but sometimes i wonder you know how much of that is just the media frenzy or yeah know. and social media and kind yeah. of yeah it's um yeah i don't know but um yeah you always wonder that like you're reading the kind of media that's like world's on fire and like mm -hmm. those the the biggest news of the last days is those a restriction imposed by the u.s to the kind of semiconductor industries in china mm -hmm. which seems like they're going to get hit badly by, by it and you look like oh it's a new trade war some like a bit more hysterical people are saying that it's a new cold war and you get like frightened by it but then you go outside the kind of sun's shining yeah. birds are chipping away and you're like that's not really the end of the world mm -hmm. unless someone press the red button then it's like oh, then, yeah, that's no nice. more birds yeah buy birds yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> buy birds buy some yeah yeah Whew. i don't know yeah um, so I, I hope that answers the questions of where i see myself going with it how about you where would you yeah in what direction would you like to take this master's program yeah definitely that's a good question um i guess i will put it in the context of where i've been uh before i talk about like where i want to go so i know i already mentioned that i was working as a reporter mm -hmm. in the u.s for a few newspapers um I can sympathize with your friend who you mentioned earlier. She always had the bags under her eyes. <laughs> that was yeah, me yeah. too okay. a few years ago, uh, covering politics, covering business um, for some newspapers in the U.S. Um, and journalism always really attracted me, even from a young age, because it's at the confluence of so many things which interest me, politics, uh, and more specifically, geopolitics, policy, international relations, but also language, you know, writing mm. and social justice, because, you know, you're digging for answers, you know, yeah. in the most idealistic view, you know, journalists are out to get the truth and they're going to ask the tough questions. And I know that the reality isn't always that there's a lot of realities about media. It's important to differentiate journalism and media, you know, the industry and the business model that make things more complicated, but I always like looked at reporters and journalists and saw, said like, that is so cool. You know, they're like, like democracy is built on their backs, reading mm -hmm. the work of journalists. And I was like, that is so cool. You know, I want to do that. Uh, and I was doing it, but I kind of got a little disillusioned with the industry because of kind of what I mentioned earlier, the realities of, of being a journalist in the 21st century, that industry yeah. is, uh, in a chain in a flux they haven't really yeah and you came in very young I yeah, suppose, yeah yeah i right out of school you know i was like 21 22 yeah. for newspapers and uh, you know i 
the, I think journalism is still adapting to the transition to digital and I think it's going to mm. be fine, but it's taking some time and um, then add to that sort of the, the really downturn in the quality of the discourse in the U S in the last five years um, and the toxicity that is coming yeah. to the, the field and also the low pay for journalists. So journalism as an ideal, I still am interested in pursuing, but the realities of the industry kind of pushed me away. Uh, then I was most recently doing marketing and communications, which I kind of saw the way like, you know, PR and the way you can really craft the language and get your message across, uh, which a lot of journalists would say you went to the dark side if you go to <laughs> PR, which is yeah, kind of yeah. true. Um, but it pays better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's less stressful. Um, and now kind of coming here to Germany, this program is kind of an extension of all that because I realized, well, I still want to make a difference kind of, um, as I was trying to do as a journalist and, and I, but I rea realized that maybe it's better to go a communications route or a PR route or a policy route. Uh, and then also, of course, my interest in language, you know, I've studied German for 12 years now, yeah. so it makes sense to be here in Germany. Um, and all that stuff kind of came together. And now I think maybe in a year or two, my vision is different, but now I re would really like to work in diplomacy or, you know, maybe working as a, as an ambassador or a diplomat or supporting in a team, you know, or maybe even in policy or, or something. Um, you know, I would like to, I don't want to report on the person uh, making a change. I want to be the person making the yeah, change. Yeah, you know yeah, I, I mean? get it. I got yeah. really frustrated as a journalist. You feel yeah. like you this, even as important as your job is, sometimes you feel like you are kind of powerless. You're, yeah. you're reacting. You're just, okay, let's say you're the president of Chile. Like, I'm just following you around, taking notes. Yeah. And, and But wait, I'm, maybe I want to be like the person making the decisions. Not saying I'm... I'm no, I'm, but, but I get it. You're go, you go kind I mean. of, yeah, you got tired of being the perceived as a yeah. middleman. I don't yeah. want to, yeah, I would rather be, you know, I'm, I'm too invested in these issues to stand on the sidelines. I want to be, uh, so maybe for like NGO or something. I don't know. Let's see. So, but yeah, I'm currently working for the State Department, um, the U.S. State Department doing some, um, helping them with a German training program to design yeah. it. So maybe if I do well in the internship, then maybe I could work in the State Department in a few years. That would, yeah, that would be sounds kind of, really important. Yeah, yeah. but let's see. It <laughs> can change. So that was my really long answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah, that's my, uh, that's my sort of, I really think this program is, is a good pathway for those goals. Yeah, I don't know if, about you, but especially with the kind of crisis communication class i'm like it's been like years since i was so pumped up in a class yes I'm, yes i'm like yeah i'm like saying things and like discussing with the teacher and all mm -hmm. the girls from ukraine are giving the the point of view i'm like yeah that's true i'm like haven't been, maybe i'm older now and i was like kind of very immature when i did my bachelor's but now i'm like yeah, this is very exciting. There's all these opinions and like, and yeah, this has been great because I have, I, I thought back in my country that I was kind of crazy with my ideas of like, no, the 
far right guy has a point. He's mm -hmm. crazy, but he has a point. You have to mm -hmm. listen to him. Progressive are getting a little crazy too. And all of my friends were like, oh, I, you're problematic. And I was like, no, I'm trying to be objective with the mm -hmm. two sides. But now I come to class, I hear what especially the, the Professor Hafez says. And I'm like, yeah, he gets it. I'm yeah. like, I'm not crazy. Yeah, dude, I agree with you completely. Like, this is the first time uh, since I can remember that I've been like, yeah, I'm excited about yeah. like where things are going with my like professional life. Yeah, me life. too. And I agree with you as well. Like, I sit in class and like when I see like the, you know, he's putting up slides about like, uh, you know, analyzing like nation national interests and intent and and stuff like this and, and the hard power, soft power. You know, talking about these concepts like. Yes, like this is what sure, I, sure. this is like what I'm excited about learning. So I agree with you completely. And also, as you said, just having colleagues from around the world is uh, such a such a resource for sure. Yeah, and it's very interesting because there are many. I would say like three quarters or at least a half of our classmates are like from countries in Africa and the Middle East. Yes. Like I was expecting it to be diverse, but that's like, I don't know. We have, we haven't have anyone, I don't know, from Belgium, from Italy, France. It's like yep. all kind of third world countries like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's like a lot of, yeah, we have a really good representation of Africa, I feel yeah. like, which is so cool. And also like, I mean, Indonesia. I think Chile, Colombia, there's yeah. a lot of, I mean, a I lot think. of really cool representation. So yeah, it's, it's really good. And some Germans as well, of course. Yeah, that was expected. <laughs> of course, of course. Would have been weird if there was no one from Germany. Yeah. We would, I think we would look at each other and be like, well, are the Germans not taking this? Yeah. <laughs> well, Where are the is Germans? it a hustle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back. So I'm here with Lucas, and uh, we're just talking a little bit about life in Germany and uh, kind of some of our some of our travel stories. So uh, Lucas has prepared a few good yeah. travel stories for us. So I'll turn the stage over yeah. to you. And um, yeah, I don't know which one you, you want to hear first. I got the I'll say kind of the crazy night out one. Uh huh. And the kind of romantic yet tragic night out. Okay. Which one would you choose? Let's start with the um, ro tragic romantic. And oh, okay, okay. Like yeah, funny, yeah, yeah, to, to, to kind of, yeah. End on that, yeah. Well, the, the tragic romantic. Yeah, this was 2017 for my birthday, which is in, okay. the, in September, 10th of September. I was living in Germany by the time, in Berlin. And a friend from university was kind of doing and I traveling through Europe mm -hmm. and having me there with an apartment. He was like, obviously, I'm coming there because I can stay. It's yeah. Berlin. Why wouldn't you want to go? Of course. And he stayed with me for, I think, a couple of days. And then we we were saying like, OK, for my birthday, my birthday, we got to travel to some place and we were like, this, our, our options were like a, um, what's the capital of the Netherlands? A, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah, it was either Amsterdam or Dublin in Ireland. Okay. 
both very kind of romantic places for us. But I think I finally convinced him to go to Ireland because the Amsterdam thing was a, a bit too dark for me. He was telling me about like, yeah, they got kind of live sex things. And I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, really not what I want to see. Kind of uh, they recording a porn movie for my <laughs> birthday. Yeah. yeah, not really. Yeah. A cup of tea. So yeah, we went to Dublin because it's a funny thing. I think you in the States having loads of Irish immigration kind of have more uh, closer to the history. But I think in my country, especially after the Lord of the Rings movies, it kind of got together with their Irish ancestry. And for many people, especially kind of a nerdy, like film school people, uh-huh. it's very kind of the flute and the dancing and all that. It's yeah. very kind of Hobbit, Alan. It got, it's a weird mix. So we are like, yeah, let's go on the green and mm-hmm. kind of it's going to be like Lord of the, the Rings. Yeah, and yeah. Like yeah. Classic and, image. And it was very green, very kind of Hobbit things. I don't know if you have you been there? Mm-hmm. Like the first thing you saw when you're in the, uh, the flight there, which we took the Ryanair line, which is, I think, the one of the worst in the yeah, world. Yeah, it's the cheapest airline yeah, in the yeah. whole world. <laughs> I, I would say that cheap like in the um, traditional sense of the world, like it's a cheap ticket, but they're also cheap in the way that they're like <laughs> in kind of an informal way. Like I say, you're so cheap. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are. Cut every corner. They <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything you heard about them is true. And yeah, but it was kind of an hour and a half, I think, flight from Berlin to Dublin. But yeah, first things, first things you see when you're arriving to the Iceland, it's very green kind of the emerald emerald island they right. say all true but yeah we're, we're kind of landing in the airport and there was like cows near the, um, the runway it was oh my like, God. yeah it was kind of a, yeah this is kind of a fun yeah very kind of green with cows looking at us on the plane so yeah we stayed there for three days i think he my friend stayed for a couple of more days but i i had a job in berlin so that i had to go back okay so i went from i think friday or something like yeah friday to sunday and the saturday sunday was my birthday so we were like going out on saturday to kind of celebrate and have 12 o'clock right. like yeah you're one year old and all that we kind of a big bar because I think there they have kind of a, the every, everything is a bar, like the things you go out at night. But there was, this was kind of a bar and also nightclub situation. Okay. In like in September, which in it's technically I think still summer, but Ireland is cold as fuck. So it was, we're like winter coats and like, it was colder than it is now here in oh, Erfurt wow. okay. at night. So yeah, we were there kind of hanging out. I was looking everything, kind of not really expecting everything, but kind of liking the place. Then this girl comes over to my friend who was kind of smoking this, those tobacco rolls mm-hmm. and asked him if he could make one, if, she, if he could give him a cigarette because kind of I opened things. So you could, yeah, I've smoked there. He was like, "Oh, sure." She st- she stayed with us, kind of started talking to us. Oh, where are you from? 
started talking to my friend. Let's say we're both from Chile. I don't know. He kind of gave the tobacco to him, to her. I mean, she's stayed with us for a couple of moments, but it kind of started turning that I was starting to talk more with her uh-huh. than him. He and to a point where he kind of started like losing us in the moment he was kind of smoking in the corner. But she and me, we kind of really hit it off. Yeah, we yeah, the like, connection. Yeah, yeah, and with like funny enough, we also started talking about books. She had, I think, written one about an ex-boyfriend who was kind of abusive to her. Oh, yeah, was starting to yeah, I'm starting to write too, and with kind of that energy you get when you kind of click with mm-hmm. someone, mm-hmm. which is not like oh, you kind of you find her pretty, but you're like taking turns to speak, you know that. The other way, when it's kind of you start speaking fast. Yeah, kind exactly. Of, it's more of a free flow. Yeah, yeah. Stage. You start sweating and you're like, oh, I want to stay with the person for the, like the rest of the night. And yeah, we, we, my friend kind of got sidetracked, which was kind of, yeah, not ideal. But yeah, we kind of spent the whole kind of time talking with her and all. And then it was like, I, I don't know around 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. in the night in the place and they were like going okay it's going to close you have to go go out and all that and after been this moment with with her we're like oh, what we we do now and i told her hey i'm like tomorrow's my last day here my flight was in like 24 hours like a 3 a.m flight at night okay. the other day really cheap that was a cheap flight i think it was like 20 euros <laughs> uh, right now in the middle of the night Ridiculous. yeah 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 and so i told her like yeah we have i have i have no money at the time house because dublin is a very expensive city mm-hmm. and i i told her like look i don't have much money left so i can't really go to kind of a nightclub or something like that but I told her, but I haven't seen the sea yet. So let's do something. Let's like, let's walk the city until we get to the sea and then see the sunrise in there. What's kind of my oh, crazy, awesome. inexpensive kind of plan. Also, she was from Australia. I forget to say that. She okay. was called Leia, like the princess in Star Wars. Nice. Which is fun because I was kind of, when I was a when I was a kid, I was a huge, like Star Wars was everything for me. Yeah, that was fun. And yeah, we were, and she told me like, yes, like, let's do that. And I remember kind of, we kissed a little kind of on the, on the go. And I was like, yeah, I was really like, this is, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, it's my yeah, birth yeah, and all that. Rush. It was really pretty. Yeah. But then things got strange because when we were like, when we had to go out, it was like this thing of February, no one going to like a little door. We were like, we looked like cattle, you know, mm-hmm. when that situation when you, they're like, yeah, get out and everyone's moving yeah, really slowly. Yeah. yeah. I was with her, but she kind of said to me, oh, she told me, I saw a guy I, I know because I think he had a cousin lived there was okay. from there in Ireland so I'm going to ask him for a cigarette I'll meet you outside and no he kind of went I don't know before me went to other, other place 
yeah, I kept walking back with my friend. I was like, yeah, sorry, you have to go alone now back to the <laughs> hostel. I kind of got a thing with her. He was like, okay, I understand it, yeah. Yeah. It was like only because it's your birthday. And yeah, but then she started taking too much time. It was like I, I thought she was like coming and going back. Mm -hmm. Then I was with my friend and I said like, yeah, I'm going to see what, what is she taking so long? Then I went to the other parts of the bar that was kind of closed. And I saw that she was sitting in a kind of one of those tables that are like to the wall. Mm -hmm. you know, kind of, they're more like a sofa than a chair. Like a chair. booth kind of. Yeah, yeah, like exactly kind of booth situation. Like talking to a guy, but she didn't look happy. She she was looking kind of down. The other guy wasn't talking to her. Like they were all dressed like they were waiters at the place. Oh, okay. And I went to see her. Went straight to her and say, "Hey, everything's alright. What's going on? Why are you yeah. taking so long?" She was like, "No, no, it's okay. I know him. He's kind of a friend of my cousin. I'll be out in a moment." I was like, "Okay." Then I went down, and soon as I went like back from talking to her. A guy gets in my face, an Irish guy, and starts like saying, the fuck are you doing here? You're supposed to be outside. We're close. And I was like, I kind of ignored him. I was like, okay, fuck that guy. Yeah. But when kind of I got a little outside of that, and but still waiting for her, kind of looking, she saw like, she seemed like she wasn't having much of a good time with yeah. the other guy. And then, and all the waiters were like looking at me angrily. Like if I have done something, then my friend comes to my side and kind of whispers in my ear, like, dude, we gotta go. It's like, no, no, I'm waiting for Lay, I don't know. He said, dude, you gotta get out. I've saw this situation. They want to beat the shit out of you. It's like I was like incredulous, you know. Like, no, why, why? He finally convinced me. We went out. I still said, No, I'm going to wait for her. We waited like, I don't know, 20 minutes in the cold. And he was like, no, go out. I was like, I still don't know what happened to this day, but the waiter situation got weird. They were like aggressive with me and no idea what she, maybe she had something with the guy. Yeah. But, but yeah, my friend was like, you gotta get out of here. They're going to, they're like six of you. Like, can, <laughs> I'm going to, if I try to do something for you, I'm going to get the shit kick out of me too yeah exactly he's like bro we gotta go yeah. we're both gonna get yeah together. yeah and maybe maybe just because you, i'm your friend yeah at, at least i have a reason yeah yeah exactly. i was like no i'm fighting for her i'm fighting <laughs> yeah, for yeah, her yeah. honor he's not he, fighting for her. yeah he's like i'm fighting for your honor stupid <laughs> yeah. yeah oh man dude. and yeah i never heard from her again oh that's a bummer man yeah that's... and i remember we had can have a really can have a spark, you know, when you have a spark yeah. with someone. It's like, yeah, dude. Wow, that's a bummer, man. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Sometimes weird stuff happens when you're out and, you know, it's yeah. loud and miscommunication. Maybe somebody had a little bit of too much to drink or, you know, but yeah, that's just, that's a bummer, man. Maybe they were like <laughs> one of the waiters, like, like liked her or had maybe a she thing with her yeah, or yeah maybe like she was i bet you that's probably what it was but who knows? i don't know yeah maybe it was kind of an old girlfriend of him because if she was like hanging out with them after they closed after 
like everybody yeah. else left that like she obviously like knows them yeah oh yeah that, sorry this story always in bumps people down yeah it's it, it's got kind of a high like a meeting yeah, yeah. and then it ends in the sour note yeah, yeah that's a bummer yeah it was the first time i told it to some friends when getting back to chile it got kind of silent for a moment and they were like all of them were like looking at the floor <laughs> it was kind of a love that it was a thing like no true love doesn't exist it's, yeah, uh, it's yeah. Like, we're I'll alone never, never the... find <laughs> yeah. in we're alone in the universe yeah, yeah. it was kind of a yeah man that's sometimes you just some it's like the one that got away you know sometimes yeah, it's for whatever reason like, out of your control exactly yeah, exactly yeah. look at it that way like there was nothing wrong that you did or probably not, she didn't do anything wrong things just kind of yeah the universe brings people together and and it also brings people apart so you yeah, just yeah. Have to, you just have to um yeah but all right, okay. So now, now that you brought us down, you got to bring us up. With, uh, <laughs> yeah, with yeah, yeah. Berlin, uh, Russian story. Is it? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other one was yeah. I was this was before I, I think a month, a couple of months. No, I'll say a month before this other story. Okay. So, so it was summer okay. in Berlin. It was like no problem. You went in the t-shirt all day and. I was living there. I was kind of subletting. I think a bit illegally. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, maybe I shouldn't have said that. That's Germans right. are coming from from me. No, people have said worse. Admitted the worst thing. <laughs> In kind of a one of those student dorm rooms. Okay. Like the one I'm living now, and yeah, because I wasn't a student, I didn't know anyone, so I kind of tried to talk to anyone I I crossed in the hallway. Right. And yeah, I started talking with a guy who was, can't remember his name. He was, I believe, from Uganda, something like that. He was very nice because I, I needed to check something in the mail, something like that. And he has explained it to me. Really nice guy, kind of a very, I thought, much cooler than me because I was kind of afraid. I, if I speak a little German now, I didn't speak any German back okay. then was kind of a lost in there. He was very nice and he was like, hey, I'm going to DJ in a party in the kind of basement in a couple of days, you should come. Also, if you're in Berlin, everyone's a DJ. Mm. It's, it's ridiculous. They're like the housemeister, it's a DJ too. Like everyone's a DJ, it's so ridiculous. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, but there's so many of them, it's like, and they're all trying to like make yeah name. it's like no way each and every one of you has a spot every yeah, night yeah, yeah yeah and yeah it was kind of a, in the basement kind of a, they were all students like we are now and from all parts of the of the world having a party in the kind of basement of this student dorm room and everyone knew each other so it was kind of alone kind of awkward like what I'm doing here. So it was kind of a bar that had always they set up there. So I went there, kind of sit in the bar and started drinking. I saw the kind of price list and I thought the beer was too expensive. And I wanted to kind of get drunk quickly to get over kind of the situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I ordered kind of a glass of whiskey 
started drinking that and started talking a little bit with a guy from I think India or Pakistan, something like that, who had ordered kind of those daikiri with kind of a and little paper and bread uh-huh. and those kind of weird drinks. So we're drinking kind of one stool apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Then out of nowhere comes a guy who later I met and was called Max Antonov from Moscow. Okay. Kind of a crazy blonde guy with kind of big green eyes was like, he looked like a crazy guy. He was kind of a student there. He went right in, sit in between the two of us. He was looking what to order. He looked at my glass and said, what are you drinking with a very you know, thick accent. Uh-huh. And I told him, yeah, a glass of wink- whiskey. And I said, oh, that's very good. That's a man's drink, <laughs> he told me. Then he pointed to the drink of the Persian guy, oh, the, the Indian guy, uh, I mean, and said, that's not a man's drink. <laughs> and he started giving him shit about what he was drinking. Otherwise, the other guy was like... Savage. Okay. Yeah, out of nowhere. I was laughing. That was like the... F- best thing that ever happened in the night for me and he saw that i was having a good time and he ordered the same thing as me kind of we, we do like the russian it's as nostrovia uh-huh. i think and yeah we started talking kind of laughing each other like where are you from i don't know suddenly another russian guy comes like walking straight to him with kind of a like ridiculous kind of a stereotype with kind of a the Adidas. No. Like, yeah, yeah, like ridiculous. Suit, like... Yeah, yeah, kind of a gold chain. Oh yeah. no. And comes to to him and starts speaking to him in Russian, like the Trishkin to his ear. He answers goes but answers to him. And kind of leans to me and says, My friend, we are going to another bar. You want to come with us? I was like, Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. We went to another place which which has some kind of pool tables that we met the other friends of them. I would say one or two of them speak English. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden kind of vodka bottles appeared. No. Don't know where they kind of appeared. Really. <laughs> they were like so kind of out of their pockets, like here. And we we're like a, a group of like eight people and uh-huh. me. He never, he never knew the name of like half of them. Some, I think there was a girl from Poland, one from, you call it Belarus? Belarus, that's, yeah. They beautiful, both of them. I tried to talk to them, though, but they were like, who is this guy? I, I was always, I thought, too small for them. Ah, okay. They were like, you know, is this a kid? What's this? It's like, I'm... I'm and I'm like, yeah, why, why is he? I'm, I'm supposed to be taller. What's this? They like, they didn't even look at me. So oh. I was like, okay, not, e- not even going to try. Yeah, fuck them. And yeah, we started drinking and playing pool. And if, if I'm, I don't consider myself a very good player, but I beat Max Antonov. I then started something like I beat him. He went like, oh, you, you played well. Now you're going to play with uh, and. I don't know, other guy. Uh-huh. Other guy came here that speak English, played with him and getting progressively drunker. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. After I, sh- I took a shot, I have to lean in kind of my pool cue to not fall down. Oh my God. But I bet that guy too. After I, nice. bet, I bet that one, 
the big one with the kind of Adidas, Adidas guy, yeah. guy came in, talked to me in Russian. They didn't understand shit. And he was like, point to the table. I played with him. He was the best of the three of them. And I, but I beat him too. Let's go, dude. Yeah, I beat the three of them. And after I beat him, I was like, eh, okay. Max Antonov came from behind me, uh-huh. kind of grasped, kind of hugs me, uh-huh. points to my face and says, you're good at pool. You're okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got kind of approved by yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. They, they call themselves the Soviet Union. And I'm like, yeah, I got approved by them. The, yeah, then I don't really remember much after that, but I remember I somehow got back to my apartment yeah, and woke yeah. up with the nastiest the hangover oh of my, my life. God. Yeah. Dude, that's legendary, bro. That's legendary. Like, I can only imagine in that moment, like, when, when he came behind you and said, you're good, like, you probably felt like the king of the world. No, when he said, you're okay, with the kind uh-huh. of thick accent, yeah. I was like, yeah, you're yeah. approved by the Soviet yeah, Union. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool, especially from, like, when you started your night, kind of, like, alone at the bar. Yeah. And then, like, to end in that moment. Yeah, like, yeah, you, with the you, crazy Russians. Exactly. You, yeah. came, you came from the bottom all the way to the top. Yeah, like, yeah. That's cool, man. <laughs> that's cool, dude. Yeah, that's the funniest story I have told a million times. And That's a great story. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that makes, like, traveling worth it, is when you have, like, those, just those awesome yeah, moments absolutely, that you yeah. never saw coming. But they, uh, they just become, you know amazing events in your life that's cool dude yeah and i think that like the what you can get from that story is like there's nothing more i would say funnier interesting to be like the guy out in a group of people like if you don't even speak the language that's no problem you know to get across with like hand gestures and things yeah. like that, playing pool Bro, I will share a quick story really? uh, similar to that before we run out of time, uh, which also involves pool and a, traveling and a group, like in-group, out-group. Okay. So I was backpacking through Central America early, okay. uh, earlier this year, and uh, I was in Guatemala in yeah. a town uh, called um, San Pedro. Yeah. In the lake, it's on the shores of a lake called uh, Lake Atitlan. Anyways. I was in this bar and it was like a really like kind of run down bar, like um, not, it was a tourist town, but this bar was not visited by many tourists. Okay. Kind of a local bar. Exactly. A local yeah. bar. Yeah. And I sticking out like a sore thumb because <laughs> I'm like, you know, there's all these like guys, like Guatemalan guys in there in like their leather jackets and like smoking cigarettes kind of tough guys yeah tough inside. guys exactly. yeah yeah and i'm wearing flip-flops like i have my tank top on from that i bought in mexico like, oh you couldn't be like, more of a tourist i look yeah. like such a tourist right yeah but i'm super drunk because <laughs> i was in this bar for a few hours playing pool with this yeah. uh, guy and we kept saying okay the winner buys sh- shots for the loser yeah we played like six or seven games like and now i'm drunk so then all of a sudden the guy who i'm playing with left yeah, and I'm like alone looking around, and then these Guatemalan guys come up to me, like these tough guys. They're like, look, pointing at the table, you know, and they they were speaking uh, Quiche, I think it's like a Mayan language. Oh, okay. So I can understand some Spanish. I can, but they weren't even speaking Spanish. They were saying like saying things to me in this Mayan language, which sounds really like no other language I ever heard before. Right? <laughs> yeah. 
and yeah. but I understood enough to know that they wanted to play. Yeah. So they're pointing at the table, and I'm like, yes, because I'm like super drunk. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And um, anyway, it was just a similar experience. Like I played with them, and I think I won the one game and like lost the second game. And they're like saying some things, like kind of looking at me, saying some things, and I uh, was kind of drunk, and I was like kind of thinking like oh god like are they like saying bad things about me like i was kind of like starting to get paranoid yeah and then this other guy from the bar came up uh and he spoke english and he yeah. goes they said you're the man bro <laughs> <laughs> like he was like they said you're the man bro and then i was just like yeah let's go and then I, was, like, I came in and like gave the kind of like the like leader of the, group, the, the like buck, a, yeah. a big handshake and he yeah. like gave me a hug and then he just start like pointing and sort of like rolling a joint. And he was yeah. Like, <laughs> so then I smoked the joint with him, and, and then I like gave like another, another hug, and then I went back to my like hostel. So I was like so like I felt like so stupid in my like shorts and flip flops, but then like uh, you got approved. Exactly, it was yeah, a similar yeah, situation. Yeah. Like at, at the end of the night, like he like gave me like a a handshake and like let me smoke some, a little bit of weed with him. So <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, dude. But yeah, man. Well, I um, we've only got a few minutes left here. Yeah. So I want to, um, if you want to like promote your anything, like you want to talk about your podcast or any projects you have before we hey. run out of time. Yeah, I got this podcast in Spanish, which is called Historia Desviada, which translates to kind of deviated story because that's what we do with a friend. We settle down to talk about history, but go off the tracks all the time like we start talking i don't know about napoleon and then we go like hey you know what happened to me related to napoleon the other day and then we're like <laughs> 30 so, yeah. minutes later you just thought yeah, yeah and yeah sometimes the episode sent with us saying like yeah we really didn't talk much about the guy we were supposed to do yeah but yeah it's kind of a, what people like i guess that's yeah that's my post podcast view have cool. some understanding of Spanish, you can check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes underneath Great. the episode. Yeah, man. And your novel, we're still waiting for release. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. It's, I'm still fighting with editing. Yeah. Yeah. Working at it. Yeah. I'll let you know when it's closer to ready. Sounds good, man. Well, thanks so much again for coming on. Of it's course. been an awesome conversation. Thank it's you for having me on. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been one of the better ones we've had in a while. So. Yeah, man. Thanks for your time and sharing your stories with us. Thank you, man. Thank everyone for listening. Yeah, thank Let's you guys say. all for listening. And uh, stick around for the next episode when, yeah, I don't know. We have a lot of cool colleagues at the university. Yeah, so. you've, are you having someone in mind to come mm, Not yet, but I think everybody is so interesting. I can just yeah. pick somebody. Hey, you. And come. they'll have something yeah, have interesting something, to say. So. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll have a new episode out soon, hopefully. Bye-bye.